Thanks for downloading this message from Devoted, the Christ Central Festival for all the family. Christ Central is part of New Frontiers, and our distinctives are made up of four priorities. Being friends enjoying God together, building churches empowered by word and spirit, advancing the kingdom transforming the world, and reaching nations making disciples. Devoted is just one event, but you can find out more about Christ Central and other training opportunities at ChristCentralChurches.org. For more about Devoted, please visit DevotedEvent.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. So in case you're wondering whether you come to the right seminar, this is Parenting Your Children for a Life of Faith. Uh, which Rachel Turner is going to be doing a second session. We started yesterday. Just to check, did everyone register their children okay just now? Was there still a queue there? Is everything okay? Good, so we can make a start now. Um, if you're here just for the first time, I'm very aware that some people have turned up for the first time uh, this morning, having got here yesterday. I hope you've been able to set up okay yesterday. Just to catch you up a little bit, we are going through Rachel's material, looking at how you parent your children for a life of faith. Um, if you do want to catch up, the easiest way to do that would be to purchase the book uh, from the bookstore, this is the cheeky plug, uh, to the left-hand side, there are hundreds of books of these, uh, Parenting Your Children for a Life of Faith. I myself have read it, and it's a wonderful book, really easy to read, and uh, very practical, very helpful in many different ways. In case you're wondering as well, Rachel has also written quite a few other books. Two of those are also on the bookshelves. One is Parenting Your Children for a Life of Confidence, and the other is Parenting Your Children for a Life of Purpose as well. And there are more books coming out in the near future. I don't know, but did you find yesterday helpful? Yeah? So we're going to continue on the same footing today. We're going to be looking at um, how we lead our kids into praying with God and how they can chat with God and hear from God. And I don't know about you, but I can sometimes feel so useless in that as a parent, how we do that. I find myself as a church leader sitting down with my kids and not having a clue as to how to lead them to that place. I find my language, I need to tone right back a lot of the time, tone right down. And I often struggle to do that. But it's been really helpful kind of learning from Rachel actually how you do that going forward. But for now, actually, I'd just love us to start by hearing from God together. So can we just stand, actually? Can we just, just love to pray for us? Father God, we want to be great parents to our kids. Lord, but far and beyond that, Lord, we want our kids to know you as dad, as father, to know your touch on their lives, to hear your voice, to grow up knowing you. Lord, it's our passion that our kids grow up knowing you with them. Everything that we heard last night, Lord Jesus, we are passionate about seeing in our kids as they grow up. And Lord, we come to you today in our weakness. I come to you in my weakness, knowing that, Lord, it's you who strengthens us. And I just ask that, Lord, you strengthen us as parents here this morning, Lord, that you would strengthen each one of us. Lord, we recognize that this is such a, a place where we can feel so, so weak, we can feel such failures sometimes. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you just lift off from people's shoulders right now that sense of failure or weakness, Lord, that we may be feeling here this morning. And I just pray for your confidence to come, Lord. I just pray right now for your spirit to come to meet with us in power, that, Lord, you'd encourage us, that, Lord, you'd lift us up, that, Lord, you give us energy if we've had a sleepless night again, Lord Jesus. I just pray for energy this morning. Just pray that we'd know your touch in our lives personally as we give this time to you. We just say, move across this room, Lord. <laughs> We just receive from you for ourselves. Let's just spend a couple of minutes now just uh, receiving from God, hearing his voice.
Lord. More, Lord. Yeah, I do feel that there's some of us in this room who just felt like we are chronic failures as parents. And we're just carrying that this morning. I feel that, that God is just causing that to drop to the floor right now. That sense of failure, that I failed my kids. I feel God just says, actually, I'm their greatest father. <laughs> I'm looking after them. I'm caring for them. And he wants you to know as well that he's caring for you. And that he's lifting you up this morning. That he loves you. That you are accepted. That you, are, you have strength in him. I feel God just wants to encourage us here this morning. And that there's a lightness that's going to come, actually. That I feel that some of us here are going to leave here with burdens being lifted from our shoulders, things that we found too heavy a thing. And I feel God would just say, actually, this is a, a joyful thing, leading your kids into my presence. A joyful thing. So come, Holy Spirit. We give ourselves to you. Keep working through our lives, our hearts. Minister to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Let's welcome Rachel. Right. Sorry. Can I just say one thing? Yes. Sorry. Just to say, because we started 15 minutes later, uh, we're going to end 15 minutes later as well. The kids' teams know that, so you can pick up your kids 15 minutes later than scheduled. Also, today, if your kids need picking up earlier, we're going to put the names on the board to my right-hand side. So please just be aware of this table over here with the names on to my right-hand side. Sorry, Rachel. No, it's great. Um, right. So who was here yesterday? Right. Okay, put your hands down. Stories, stories, stories. Tell me stories. All right. So some of us go home from a seminar and cannot even begin to implement anything because we're tired and we have to feed our children. Other people are like, I'm going to put this into action right away. And uh, we have epic fail stories and some like nailed it stories. So uh, we're a community of people who are parenting alongside each other. Does anyone have a story that they think they would like to share and be bold? Oh, Mike, straight in. So yesterday we were talking about creating windows into your life and uh, inviting in and verbally framing. So yesterday I thought I'd try and gauge where my four-year-old spirituality is. Right. And so I started asking her, like, what sort of things do you think that Daddy God has made you really, really good at? Like trying to see where she might like to fit into the church and uh, so that sort of thing. She's like, I think that Daddy God has made me really, really good at hula hooping. <laughs> Excellent. That's where they're at. <laughs> Great. Good. Good spiritual conversation with your kid. Brilliant. Anyone else have an experience where you did something? Yes. Ali. Um, I asked my seven-year-old if he'd rather spend all day on a desert island with God or an hour reading with God. Oh, excellent question. And he said, all day on a desert island with God. And so I said, well, what would you do? And he said, I'd build sandcastles. And I said, well, would God do that with you? And he said, possibly, if he wanted to. Great. So That's really I good. Mean, it was more than I've ever spoke to him about God. So. <laughs> 
fun. I'm not sure whether it was an epic fail or not, really. No, it was an epic success. You asked your kid a question, your kid engaged with the question, and you found out a little bit about something that he likes the presence of God and that he isn't quite sure whether God wants to play with him. And that's something that you now know. You can start talking about how God plays with them in football and that God is present in the joy. You, you learned a lot. Good job. Well done. Anybody else take a step? Yes. So, um, yesterday, near, near the end of the day, um, at the service, my little boy, he was really messing up in church. Yes. So, um, we came out a bit early, and I was really upset. I wouldn't say I was angry, but I was really angry. So, we came out, and I was thinking, what do I do? What do I say to him? What do I do? What do I say to him? And I was thinking, don't speak, don't talk to him, because you're, you're upset. Then I thought, this is an opportunity. <laughs> Good. So, then I say to him, how do you feel about what just happened? And then he said, I feel sad. And then I said, how do you think God feels about it? And then he said, um, I feel sad about it. And I said, so what do you think would make God happy? And then he said, maybe if I go and apologize to the person. And I said, yeah. And then he said, I know a lot of things about God that you don't know, mommy. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. it's great. Well done. That's wonderful. I love how you, you, you had him consider God's heart in the whole matter. And he came out going, I got, I got stuff about God. That's great. Well done. Anyone else? Oh, yes. Oh, she's bold. Good job. Um, one of my sons is rather reticent in worship, to say the least. Um, and in bed last night, we were talking, there was just, I was in the tent, um, and he said, oh, do you know, mum, he said, there were some really, really annoying people in going bananas. So I said, oh, what do you mean by annoying then? He said, well, throughout the whole of worship, they just went, oink, 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 oink. And he said, it was so disrespectful to God, because we were really trying to worship God. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was very, very good. I held my tongue and didn't say, and now you know how I feel. I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Well so, yeah, done. It was good. Excellent. Well done. Sometimes, sometimes not doing that follow-up thing just lets it sit, and that's brilliant. Well done. There is so much. You see, do you see how Parenting for Faith is in the little conversations that are snatched in the little moments, and you get these joyful things. For me, there's, there's as a parent, there's so many things that we feel... Uh, we think, oh, I'll see the fruit of that in 10 years. And it's just this exhausting slog. And I find parenting for faith. You get these moments of joy that, that pepper your days. Because when your kid talks about God, it just connects with you in some way. And for me, uh, this brings alive a joyfulness of parenting. And today, we're going to talk about connecting your kid's heart to God's heart through prayer. So this is a big one today. Tomorrow, we're going to get even more practical, and we're going to talk about how do you do the first 20 minutes of church when you have three children, some singing from the front, they want you to listen, but they're, oh, they're in different directions, and someone's screaming, and how do you even worship in that scenario, much less help your children worship in that scenario? We're going to look at how to help your kids engage with church tomorrow. Today, we're looking at prayer. Um, a long time ago, uh, I... I was asked at New Wine, this was a long time ago, long time ago, and uh, I was asked to take on a venue at New Wine. New Wine has uh, big venues, there's about 700 kids, 
And uh, I was asked to lead a prayer shack, a, a self-selective prayer zone for seven to eight-year-olds. In case a seven to eight-year-old goes, look, there's gunging at the front. I know what I want to do, meet with God, and then wander to the back. So I said yes, because <laughs> no child's going to do that. And I'll be able to sit there waiting for someone to pray and uh, be able to watch and learn. And uh, so I said yes, and they asked me to teach on prayer. And you never know what you believe until you have to explain it to a child. And then you're like, do I, do I believe that? What am I saying? What, what, do, what does even that even mean? And so I was trying to explain how to do prayer with kids. And I thought, eh, well, let's just see. So two of, 200 of them came in for a seminar. And I decided to not plan anything and just see what happens. Because uh, I'm that kind of person. And so uh, 200 kids in front of me. And I asked them, teach me about prayer. And I was fascinated what came out. They said, well... You need to sit still, fold your hands. You can do this or this. Lots of flexibility in the kingdom. And uh, you need to close your eyes. You need to sit still because uh, God does not like noise or movement. Um, you need uh, to say thank you, sorry, and please. And uh, if you, uh, unless it's an emergency in which you can say help, but you need to remember that in the please later or else, it, uh, in the thank you later or else that will not happen the next time. Uh, they had, you do it at lunch times, you do it at bedtimes. Uh, it, they, they had this whole structure. And I said, what if you didn't do any of that? What if you walked around with your eyes open, didn't say, dear God, didn't say amen, and never said, thank you, sorry, please. And they looked horrified at me. And I thought, this is what Stephen felt before he was stoned to death. It was like this... This, they all took a step back and were like, God's about to strike her down. And I, and they, they were horrified. It wouldn't work. That's not prayer. They, just, they were absolutely horrified until one girl stood up in the back um, and said, I don't know if what you say is true, but if it was, I would do it all the time because it wouldn't be like I was talking to God. It would be like I was talking to my best friend. And I thought, that's it. Somehow, in our effort to help children pray, we have made a formula for them to perform. And so we begin to perform prayer. What do we want to pray about? We think about it, and then we decide what we're going to do, and then we shove our child forward to God, and then they go, Dear God, and he turns around, yes, and they go, Thank you for today. Uh, please help grandma uh, and uh, thank you for creating butter <laughs> the end and then they leave and the problem with that the problem with that formula is that I'm jumping straight into catch I'm skipping a lot of stuff am I okay okay the problem with that is that thank you sorry please is not the center of our relationships with our spouses or our friends. My husband, I do not come home to my husband because I get home later than him. And so I don't come home to my husband and walk in the door and say, dear husband, thank you for taking the bin from the bin to next to the front door. Please take it all the way out to the side. Sorry that I came home four minutes late the end and then walk away and not talk to him for the rest of the time that is not the center 
of my relationship with my husband. The center of my relationship with my husband is, how was your day? How was your thing? You had that thingy, right? Was that today? I don't know what's going. Yes, you did have that thingy, right? Oh, thank you for that. I'll take that out. It's, it's life. It's blah. It's, that is my relationship with my husband. And yet we've made the center of our children's relationship with God. Thank you. Sorry, please. And it traps them as opposed to frees them. And so we begin to develop this thing. I thought, okay, prayer, the words prayer come with all sorts of baggage. We all have prayer baggage. So being a lazy children's pastor that I am, I decided to rename prayer so we don't have to argue about it anymore. And so I called it chat and catch because kids get what chatting is. Chatting is no holds barred talking to God and catching is is catching all of God's communication from him. And we taught them how to do that. And within one 45-minute session, we had kids riding bikes for 45 minutes with God. We had kids um, coming in telling with whole sheets of things of what God has been telling them and who they're going to be and what God's asking them to do today. We had children crying. We had the shack at the back with seven and eight-year-olds packed with 150 children at all times, five hours a day of kids who wanted to connect with God non-stop. Not because we taught them anything else besides freeing them from all constraints to connect their hearts with God. And what I want to do today is give you the tools so that you can talk about chat and catch with your kids and help them get what that conversational everydayness with God is like so they can grow in their confidence to catch God's voice and to share their hearts with him. Is that okay? Right. That's what we're here for. So God's voice is, is so important it's so important because the Holy Spirit says this. John, in John 16, 13 and 14, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And for me, our children will not always have our voices in their heads. We will not always be next to them. What our children need in this lifetime is God's truth in every moment of their days. And it is so important that they have that connection with him so that they can hear God's truth, the pressure of God's conviction, the joy of God's heart. All of that needs to come into it. And when they do, something wonderful happens. There was a boy who came to the shack at the back who had, um, this was last year, who um, had a deformity of his heart and, um, and his bones. And so every year they had to do a surgery on his rib cage and open up his um, ribcage and reseal it so that his heart could grow and um at any moment his heart could fail so he came to the shack at the back for healing and um we prayed for him and we had him chat to god about his feelings about it and we asked god to come and meet with him and slowly over 15 minutes he just folded over in half and um he was on he was there for about 20 minutes just soaking in the presence of god and talking and finally he came up out of it and i said well what was god doing with you and he was crying and crying and he said and god showed me a picture of my heart and it was it was it was it was dying And then he said, and then God opened my heart and inside my heart was God's blue heart and God's blue heart was beating. And God showed me that every beat of my heart beats because God's heart beats inside it. And when God chooses, then he will stop my heart and I will be with him. But I don't have to worry about whether or not my heart will fail because God's heart will never fail until he says stop. And he said, I'm not afraid anymore. And um, he had these, he had his rib cage were all deformed and one bone when he had an extra rib that was sticking out and we were praying for healing and he got up just crying and he went back and I said oh wait let's let's see your rib cage and he holds up his shirt and the um, deformed bones were all fixed and the extra bone was gone and we were like whoa healing 
like we didn't know if his heart was healed. But his mother came. <laughs> and this happened. We, we had deaf kids healed and blind kids healed. And every time, but this kid particularly, he sort of sums it up. He ran to his mother, and we're all like, in the back. And he runs to his mother, and he goes, Mommy, 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 God's heart is inside my heart, and it makes it beat. And he told her all about what happened. And we were the ones in the back going, and his bones are fixed. Um, because to him, what mattered most was that the God of the universe spoke to him and told him truth. And the healing was a secondary thing that happened besides the connection with God. And our kids need that kind of connection. And so, and your kids, all of your kids can have that. That isn't something special. It's not for super spiritual kids. It's not just the one-off kid who will finally sit still. This is God's inheritance for all of our children. And we're going to talk about that today. I'd like to ask you a question, and I'm going to have you discuss. I hate discussing, but this is a useful discussion, so I'm going to have you do it. Um, I want you to think, and I'm just going to give you five minutes, and we'll put you in pairs. I want you to think about how did you first learn how to pray? How did you first learn how to catch God's voice in your life? What was your first experience of God's voice, and who helped you learn that? I just want you to think, because your experience will be your child's experience in terms of you've had an experience and they will have one. So just have a think. And then I want you, and if you haven't heard God's voice yet, that is totally okay. I just want you to say, I'm not there yet, but it's intriguing, or I'm not sure, I'm too afraid. Feel free to be honest. So I want you to think about your story of hearing God's voice for the first time and who discipled you in it. And I want you to tell the story to your neighbor. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to think. seconds is a long time and I want you to turn to somebody and I want you to tell that story of the first time you encountered God or if you didn't encounter God that's fine just say I want to hear yours go all right and button your story with a beautiful ending good your journey of prayer is unique to you and we could hear everybody's stories in this room and would all be different. And so what I want you to really know is that there is no one way for this to happen. There's no formula to get your kids to do this. These are tools that you can use. But just like your journey is unique, your kid's journey is going to be unique. So these are tools for you to use as you parent your kids for faith. So the first aspect of this is chat. Because so often we as charismatic parents want to skip to the catching from God really fast. We're like, come on, that's where the power is. And so we try to skip to the catching bit really quickly. And actually, that, that is only one half of a, of a relationship with God, and particularly children. The last thing that people want to do, children want to do for long periods of time is listen to somebody. And so when we push, catch first, when we push, let's listen to God, let's listen to God, let's listen to God, that is like, oh my gosh, it's so boring. Because prayer then becomes this thing that you do that requires stillness and requires this one-way communication. And unless prayer is this two-way joyful thing, then children will always struggle with it. And so what we need to do is chat is actually one of the most important things. Because you will find that you think that kids don't know what to talk to God about. You know, when they're like, what do you want to pray about? And they're like, I have no idea. But that is partially because we've restricted what is acceptable to talk to God about. And so one main thing I talk to 
children about is I tell them there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that is off the table in talking to God about. And I tell them how I talk to God because what they get is this corporate expression, dear Jesus, thank you for this day, let's pray, amen. What they don't know, as we talked about yesterday, is that you pray like, I'm so cold, God, and I don't want to go wee in the port and because it's just there, and it's gross, God, and I'm going to hang on to it. Dear Jesus, please just take away all wee in my body so I don't have to go to... This was my prayer last night, can I just say. Kids don't know that. They don't know that you can talk about wee with God. And so... All they think is, is they, they, they run through their head, what are the acceptable ch- prayers? Because God is a hyper-picky guy. And they don't know that this is what you can talk to God about. You can talk to him about how you feel about the color of your underwear, how it doesn't match your top, and that was annoying because you really wanted to do it and you forgot to put it in the hamper. All of this stuff because God's heart is for him to share every moment with our children's lives. And unless they learn to share the ridiculous parts of their life, they're never going to trust God with the big stuff in their lives. And so when we talk about chat, our job is to remove all the hindrances of what they can and cannot talk to God about. You want to talk about the football? Go for it. You want to talk about television programs? Great. They need to know that you can do it at any time and anywhere. Talk with your kids about where you chat to God. Who chats to God in the shower? Yeah. Your children do not know that. They're horrified the fact that you are naked talking to God. <laughs> they didn't know that they could do that. At New Wine, the shower cues doubled. I said it once. The shower cues doubled because all of a sudden we had lots of kids chatting to God in the shower. It's awesome. Who chats to God while you're on the toilet? Yes. See, look at this. There's a whole room of people chatting to God on the toilet. Children do not know. Did you know people chat to God on the toilet? No. I know. Who knew? We chat to God when we're on the toilet because that's what you do. And you chat to God about stuff. You can get angry at God. You can walk around angry at God. You can share everything. God's heart is big enough for our heart. And that's what we're supposed to teach our children. And so we need to talk about that with our kids. I also talk about Jesus. So Jesus came down in the morning. Jesus is the model for prayer for me. The disciples came down in the morning. Jesus had crusties in his eyes and bad breath. And they did not say, dear Jesus, please pass the bananas. Amen. They flopped down, stuck their feet up on the table. We're like, hey, send me the banana thing. And they shared life with God. I guarantee you they played I Spy with my little eye walking along those big road trips with Jesus. They did life with Jesus. And so this is how I teach to kids. I explain it to them. I share my story. Share your story of when you chat to God. You model it. Sometimes you're going to have to chat out loud to God in the way that you actually talk to God out loud. Do it when you're driving in the car because you don't have to see their faces. And uh, while you're driving in the car, just be like, oh, there's an accident. Oh, God, that makes me feel scared. God, just send your angels to be with them or I don't know. Just, just, God, that's just scary. I'm going to drive really carefully, God. Now I'm afraid. Can you just like sit here? I'm going to buckle you in, Jesus. Just sit next to me because I want you to be with me. And you'll feel crazy. But actually what it does is it releases kids to know that they can talk in that language. They can talk about things that are important in their heart. Cook and talk out loud to God. Just do what's already in your head and do it out loud a few times so they can get a window into what prayer really looks like. And then when you want to do it together at bedtimes or lunchtimes, this is what I do. I give them permission. And so I'm going to take you through how we chat with kids for the first time. Pretend we're all in bed snuggled up. And we say this. What we're going to do now is we're going to chat to God. But you know what? It's none of my business. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest 
something to pray about, and then you chat to God by yourself. I don't want to hear it. It's just between you and God. And if they're under five, they'll need to whisper into their hands uh, because they can't think words in their heads yet. And, uh, and what we're going to do, so I want you to do this, and we're all going to do this together, okay? So we're going to chat to God because we can talk to God about anything. Are you ready? I want you to tell God. I want you to try something different. Keep your eyes open and do not get into your prayer settle. Hmm. That we do. No prayer settles. Ready? Eyes open. If you want to be really brave, get up and walk around. If you've never prayed while walking around, I suggest you try it. Uh, ready? I want you to chat to God about the best night of sleep you ever had. Yeah, for some of us, it's a long time ago. That's okay. Chat to God and tell him the best night of sleep you ever had. Not with the, don't talk into each other. This between you and God. Nod at me when you're done. I know, I know. That's all right. You can say, I can't even remember God. Just tell him. Nod at me when you're done. All right. I want you to chat to God and I want you to tell God the biggest fear you have about your oldest child. Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God the television program you wish he would release another season of. No, no, not with each other. Between you and God, you tell him that. Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God what would you rather have, the ability to fly or the ability to make every hour of sleep count as three? Between you and God, no murmuring. Between you and God. Not when you're done. I want you to play God a memory. You can do that in that place where you can picture your house. You can picture your house. In that place where you can picture your house, you can play God memories. And I want you to play God a memory of your favorite moments of this week. And just show God that in your head. Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God one piece of clothing that you would wear in public if it was all of a sudden cool again. Like, for instance, my husband would go for Speedos every time. But it's not acceptable, so he doesn't. So, what is one thing from your past or from the present that you would actually just like to wear, but you can't? Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God one thing you wish was different about your church. Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God your biggest hope for your youngest child. If you have an only child, then just only child. Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God the thing you like about him most. Not at me when you're done. 
Right. That was about three minutes worth of prayer. Notice I didn't say amen because kids hear amen and they think the end and then we can move on with the rest of our life without God. So I never say amen. I just want to point out a couple of things. One, you laughed. Two, you spent most of that time smiling to yourself. And I'm guessing you feel a bit more connected to God because you talked about stuff that was on your heart. And that was funny. And that was in between. And when you do that a couple of nights with your kids, a couple of times with your kids, that gives them permission to pray. You can say anything. Why don't you chat to God about how you feel about the fact that mommy and daddy fight a lot right now. And that gives them permission to go there with God. You can say how you feel about the move. Because so often our kids have things in our heart that they don't want to share with you or God because they feel like they would be dishonoring. And you give them permission in those places. And then after two or three times, some kids like that chatting stuff and helping them, and you can do that. But after a while, I say, you know how to chat to God. I'll give you five minutes to have a chat, and then I'll come back in. Here's a journal if you want to draw pictures with God, if you want to write with God. You and God have your time, and then I'll come in to pray for you and pray with you. And we begin to honor their relationship with God and chatting to God. And we talk about, how's it going? And how are you chatting with God? And are you chatting with God at school? And it just becomes a normal thing. Does that make sense around chat? The, the reverse of this is that God chats back. And we can catch all of his chatting to us. And so the, the thing we need to position ourselves really well, both for chat and catch, is this. A long time ago, there was a... Uh, I normally... <laughs> what was that? That was like galloping. Uh, I normally have a whiteboard, so I was looking for my whiteboard, but I don't have one. So we're going to do some air drawing, okay? It's very exciting. So there used to be... We're going to... We're a top temple thing. Well, now I'm going to mark that wall. I don't. John, come up here for me. Right. Come here. Right. So there used to be like a square that was a temple, right? And in the middle of it, right here, there was a um, God's house. The temple was in there in the big complex. And if you were a Gentile, you couldn't even come into this. You were trapped in John's shoulders. And you couldn't come into the temple complex. That is as far as you could get to God's presence was there. Now, if you were a woman, congratulations, and a Jew, and a Jew you could come into the court of women, which was in this bottom half here. And there were, if you were a leper and you thought you were healed, you'd, they'd shave you all over, check you out, make sure you were fine. I mean, all sorts of exciting things happened in the temple. And uh, you got to come in there, but that was as close as you could get to God's bedroom, to God's presence. If you were a man, good for you. Congratulations. You got to go into this place, and you got to bring your sacrifices, but that was still as close as you could get to the presence of God. If you were a priest, woo, good for you. You got to go sometimes on a five-week rota, once a year, into the temple itself, but that was as close as you could get to the presence of the living God. And one man, once a year, got to go into the living presence of God to atone for people's sins and to be the go-between between his people and God. One man, once a year. And when Jesus came and died on the cross, the veil was torn, and we now have access to the presence that only one man, once a year, had. Thank you, Satan. But that high priest's job was to translate God for the people because he's the only one who had access to the presence. And what we, but when Jesus came and died and rose again, we no longer need that high priest. He's our high priest. We don't need a, a man to come between us and God. The problem is that we often are that high priest for our children. 
we often feel like we need to be in there helping and translating because God's really big and our, it's like hard for our kids to get. And so we're like, God's going to talk to my kid and my kid will not understand. So I need to get in there and make sure it works. And what do you want to pray about? Okay. Do you want to pray about it or me? Okay. I'll pray about it. I've prayed, right? So that went great. Just, you know, God's listening. And we, we insert ourselves in there and we become that high priest. The problem is they become reliant on us for their connection with God instead of theirs. And our job is to pivot out of the high priest role and become the coach that says you relationship with God is yours and it's going to be awesome and I will walk with you to it and I will protect you while you're in there and I'll walk away from it and coach you in it but it's between you and God not you me and God and that is a very powerful thing for kids and so I want us to look at um, I think I'm going to skip it because we don't have time I'm going to skip it Normally, if, you, if you're interested, look at the story of Eli and Samuel in 2 Samuel 3. But look at it from Eli's point of view. Because often we just look at it it's from Samuel's point of view. But Eli was really interesting. When Samuel heard God's voice three times out of bed, I'm sorry, after three times out of bed, I am not thinking maybe it's God. But he was like, mm, maybe it's God. Three times out of bed, Eli goes, maybe it's God, looks up. And says, I think God is talking to you, and this is what I want you to do. Go back, alone, without me, and when God talks to you, say, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. And so Samuel goes back, and Eli stays in his own bed all night. And this is when God was not talking very much. Like, this was a big deal. God, Eli stayed in his bed all night, and the next morning, Eli goes, okay, 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 okay. How did that go? What did he say? What did you say? Tell me the whole story. And, uh... And Eli coached Samuel to becoming a great prophet. But Eli stayed out of the middle of it. He helped prepare the kid for what's next. So the first thing Eli did was he spotted where God's voice was in his life. He helped him figure out how to respond to God. And he stayed out of it and debriefed him. It was a, a, a wonderful thing. So have a look at it. Because it's about positioning ourselves well. But one of the main things I want to tell you from that story is that God is already talking to your children. And when we talk about catching from God, our biggest fears is that God isn't talking to our kids or that they won't be able to catch him. And woo! and the promises of God is that in Eli and Samuel, God was already talking to Samuel before Samuel was a Christian. The passage says Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And yet God was speaking to him and repeatedly speaking to him and didn't bail on Samuel, kept coming and kept coming and kept coming until Eli said that thing that's God's voice. And that's our job, is to know that God is already speaking to our kids and to go, I think it's there. That's what God's voice sounds like. That's what God sounds like for me. And so how do we help our kids find God's voice? God is already talking to your children. The other thing to know about this is that it's a process of recognition, not a yes, succeed or fail. So often we're like, let's see what God says. And then your kid goes, I hear absolutely nothing. And then you're like, yeah, fail. And you feel this fail. But in uh, John 10, it talks about the shepherd. And this is a promise that I always hang on to with kids. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out all on his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And the main thing we need to have in our hearts is to get out of the middle of it, but also to know that this is a process of recognition. I am still very much on the process of learning to recognize God's voice. And sometimes I miss it, and sometimes I get it wrong, and sometimes God's talking to me, and I'm like, ah, and I don't even think he's there because I am on a process of learning it. But I'm better today than I was yesterday because I'm learning the master's voice. If I called you at your house, you would not, if I went, hey, you would be like, hi, friend. And you'd keep me talking until you could figure out who the heck I am because you don't know who I am. If your mother calls, my mother calls, and I get this. I'm like, hi, mom. Like, you know even the sigh of your, you even know the pause before your mother talks because you know your mom's voice so well. And when our kids are on this path of learning to recognize God's voice, they're going to get it sometimes and they're not going to get it sometimes, not because God is unfaithful, but because they're learning to recognize God's voice in their lives and what it looks like for them. So don't be afraid of it. And it means we don't have to be afraid of it. We're kids. When we're catching, sometimes my kid gets it straight away. But sometimes he's like, I'm struggling to catch. And I'm like, that's all right. How are you feeling about it? And he's like, frustrated. And I said, well, just tell God about that. And he'll chat to God about how he feels. And it's okay because we're on the journey. So feel very solid that we're on the journey. So how do we explain it to kids? I explain it like this. It's catching from God. John, would you please go over there? I'm going to give you how I explain it to children to give you tools on how you can explain it. I say that God is constantly talking to us, constantly, in many different ways. We've just got to be ready to catch with our whole bodies. Adam and Eve were made to catch God's voice, to be with They walked with him, they talked with him all the time, and they were ready for God's voice. And sometimes we forget to be ready. So, John, I'm going to throw something at you, okay? I'm going to throw something at him. And he's going to watch. Now, I want you to watch how he's ready. And I'll do this with kids. I do this even with my kids. Are you ready for this? Okay. Now, watch his body. If you look at church, people look like that all the time on Sunday mornings. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly what they're looking like with their eyes open. They're just ready to catch. One, two, three. Oh. <laughs> ah, ah, you were expecting to catch one way, but it came a different way. Sometimes, thank you, but because he was ready, he got a piece of it. Sometimes we feel like we only catch a piece of it, but we caught something. God was throwing something. He thought it was going to come one way. It came another. How many of you think that you're going to get a picture and then someone gives you a prophecy from the side and you weren't expecting it? We've got to be ready to catch any different ways. So we teach our kids all the different ways that God is communicating with us and all the different ways that we can catch. So what are the ways we can catch? And I am this explicit with kids because to be honest, we spend a lot of time in church going like this. I just have a sense from God that it's this. I just feel that this is what the Lord wants. And we're like, well, what does that mean? Like, is God stroking you? Or like, what is happening? So I'm always really clear with kids how we can catch from God. We can catch from God in our minds. So close your eyes. Picture your house. Can you see your house in your head? Is it with your eyeballs? No, it's in that imaginary place in your head. Open your eyes. That's a place where God drops pictures a lot. And so sometimes when people say, I have a picture or I just see, that's where they're getting pictures in their head. Um, can you say your name in your head? 
in that place, sometimes God speaks to us. And it will be a, a voice, and we'll learn to recognize when that voice is God and when that voice is not God. And we'll talk about discernment in a little bit, but that's a place where God can speak. Sometimes God will give you Bible verses or memories. I've had kids come up to me and go, Philadelphians 412, is that a thing? And uh, Philippians, yes, that's. And, uh, and absolutely, that was bang on what God was telling them right now, and they read it. Um, so God talks us through scripture. Sometimes he talks to us through the Bible. You're reading the Bible and all of a sudden it's like your body goes, oh, that. And all of a sudden that verse pops out and God's saying something to you. I was working in uh, Switzerland and I had a kid who went outside and was just reading the Bible and then would flip furiously. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm reading the Bible. And then God goes that. And then he tells me a different Bible verse and we go there and he teaches me all about the Bible. And I was like, can I, can you, what's he saying about that verse? Um, he's like, ask him yourself. And I was like, fine, fair enough. Um, sometimes he talks through the Bible. Sometimes eyes and ears. Our kids do see stuff. My kids saw angels all the time. I've never seen an angel in my life. Um, sometimes you see things with your eyes and your actual ears. Um, sometimes you can catch God with your skin. This is how I describe manifesting to kids. Sometimes, like Solomon's people, God comes in the room and your body goes, ooh, God's in the room. And some people's hands get hot, some people shake, some people fall over. It's nothing big, it's just their skin's going, the God of the universe is here. And all of us feel God in a different way. Does everybody catch from God with their skin? No. It's not any specialer than anything else, it's just one more way. Sometimes we catch with our emotions, our heart. And you can feel, sometimes you get filled with God's joy, or God's happiness, or God's sadness. Sometimes we're listening to something, and we're like, oh, that's so wrong. And that's God's justice that's in our heart. Sometimes he gives us emotions, peace that passes all understanding. You can catch with your heart. Sometimes you just know that you know that you know that you know. You can't explain it. I think Jesus did this a lot. He was walking around, and then he's like, nope, we're going to go to Nicodemus. Like, you know, there's just, sometimes you just know that you know that you know there was a four-year-old who was walking around and just stopped and uh, he looked at his mom we hadn't taught them chat and catch yet and uh, he goes i think god just talked to me and i was like what was it like how do you know and she said because it was exciting and scary at the same time i thought yes that is yes brilliant excellent that yes i would go with that and uh, god said you are good and he he for the next six years wrote that on his walls you are good you are good because um, that's what god told him when he was four God talks to us through our dreams. Kids get dreams all the time. Uh, we had a kid who was having a, a nightmare um, and, uh, and terrorized by nightmares, night terrors, night terrors. And finally, one night, we told them about God's voice in dreams. And uh, this kid uh, woke up one morning and said, I had a dream from God. I was on a donkey with Jesus riding towards Jerusalem, and a whole bunch of baddies came out and were trying to drag me off the horse and they were screaming and it was really scary and then jesus whispered in my ear tell them to go away in the name of in my name so then he said in my dream i went and put my hand out and i said go away in the name of jesus and they all went ah and they ran away and jesus said anytime you feel scared in your dreams or in your real times just do that and he's like okay so he told his mom and his mom's like well that's you know took him through the discernment process and uh and they were like okay we'll see and she said the next night she she heard him wrestling around he was five she heard him uh, wake up. She heard him say, go away in the name of Jesus. And then she heard him drop back to sleep. And she called me three months later and said he hadn't had a night terror that he needed to call her for since. Um, because God himself taught that kid how to deal with it in his dreams. And when we expand that for our kids, we can begin to talk about that. Is every dream from God? No. But we learn which ones are and which ones aren't by walking the discernment process together with people.
Um, what are the other ways we can do it? Oh, mind, heart, guts. I take them through the whole body, emotions, feelings, dreams, Bible. Sometimes we hear God through other people, but when we hear God through other people, we still need to hear it for ourselves and have that confirmed. And so when somebody says something, and then you're, you feel something on your skin, you're like, ah, that's right. So how do you do it at home? Talk about it with your kids. Talk about how you catch from God. When you're talking about God's voice, when you say, oh, I was praying and then I just felt God say this, instead say, when I was praying and I just, a picture popped in my head and I thought, that picture is from God and this is what picture was and what it meant to me. And that's all it takes is a little pivot to say, you know what, I've never seen anything with my eyes, but Josie, she does and that's really cool. Have you ever seen anything with your eyes? And you just talk about it. It's normal. It's okay. And then you give them opportunities. And they can be simple opportunities like this. We're all going to do this together. I want you to ask God a question, and God's going to answer back. And we're not going to do the, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, wasn't me, I don't know. Ah! We're not going to freak. It's not going to be a, am I going to get married to this guy question. It's going to be a question about him. And we're just going to believe that God is going to answer. And it usually will be the first thing that pops in your head, but we'll see. So are you ready to connect with God? All right. So I'm going to pray for your brains. Can you put your hands on your head? Because I only have one hand. Um, God, we want to catch from you, and we want our whole bodies to catch from you. And so we just want to leap up in this moment and connect with you. And I just want you to chat to God about whatever's in your head right now, whatever's causing it swirliness. Anything you want to chat with him about really quick? You can just say, I know, well, that was really quick, God. I'm not sure I'm ready. All right, put your hands down. And I want you to repeat this question after me. God? God? If you could play one game with me right now, what would it be? Catch. Yep. And now, don't fight it. Don't try to make it up. Don't go. That's lame. And then I want you to say, why that game, God? And it could just be a vague thought. It could just be a feeling. You could just know that you know and you're not quite sure why. All right, that's it. This is ministry with kids. You don't get plinky plink music in a long time. So would anybody be willing to share? And if you're still like, I want it, but I haven't gotten it yet, stick with it. Go for it. This is your time. Would anybody be willing to share the game that God would play with them and why? Yes, where's our mic? Yeah, go for it. Red button. The game was... No, go for it. The game was hide and seek, and the reason was you've got to look for it. You've got to look for it. All right, great. Anyone else willing to share? Can you turn that on? Is it? Is it? Yep, that's working. Right, here we go. Mine was very similar. It was hide and seek, but it was a case of, ha, you can't get away from me. Wherever you go, I'm there. Great, great. That sounds like God, yes. Thank you, pass it to her. And Mom was skipping to shake some things off. To shake some things off. Interesting, great. You pass it, there we go. Mine was snooker because it's a two-way relationship. Snooker because it's a two-way relationship. Oh, we're just passing it on. Mine was trampolining and um, said it would catch me every time. It will catch you every time. Do you see how a small and silly question allows a moment for God to speak? And can you see how... 
some of us were like, I completely forgot to listen. I got distracted by a thing and forgot to catch. Did anyone else like me not manage to catch a full answer from that one? Yeah, that's fine because sometimes we get distracted and sometimes we're not quite sure and sometimes it feels muddled and that's okay. So we'll ask the question later or we'll try it tomorrow and we can keep going because it's a process of recognizing God's voice and giving him lots of opportunities to speak. And you can do that anytime. You can ask kids how does God feel about you? What was your favorite memory of God today? God, what was the favorite thing I did that you saw me do today? And ask a question. And let them ask their own questions. Kids ask questions from God that we would never think to ask. When I ask questions from God, I ask questions like, why is there suffering in the world? And why didn't I get that thing? And what's going to happen next? Kids say, what's your favorite color? Because we tell them you can get to know God. So they ask genuine questions from God. And I'm really challenged. When was the last time, this kid asked this question, when's the last time you asked God what was the favorite part of his day? I thought, well, that was really cool. I also had a kid, she was five, who was laughing and laughing. I was like, what you doing? She was like, shh, God's telling me jokes. <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. What's God's joke? She's like, ask him yourself. I'm like, it's fair enough. So I've asked God jokes. I've, I've, he's begun to be very funny as I walk down the road because I'm just open to his humor and his jokes. It's this joyfulness of catching. Ask questions of God. Let him answer. And I just want to do a quick discernment thing um, so that you know discernment. I tend to not go into the enemy's voice primarily because it's confusing. I tend to say there's either God's there's either God's communication or not God's communication. And we know it's God's communication because it will, it fits with the rest of scripture. This is why God's smart is important. Does that sound like something that God would say? Does that fit with what scripture says? Two, does it draw us closer to God or push us farther away from him? Um, because God's voice will always draw us closer to him. Even when he says that was off, it will make us run to him so that he can fix it. And the third thing is, what do wise people think? That's it. Does it sound like God? Does it draw you close to him? What do wise people think? So I had a kid who, um, who drew a picture, felt a picture of himself on the cross. And he drew a picture of himself on a cross and he was crying and really scared. And, um, and I said, what's going on with that picture? You know, you know, tell me about that picture. And he said, Jesus said that, um, Jesus said he's really proud of me because I'm like his son. And, uh, and I said, well, that, that sounds like something that God would say. So does that make you want to be closer to God or farther away? And he said, well, it makes me want to be farther away because that means I'll die on the cross. And I said, oh, I, did, that, did God say that? And he said, no, he just said that he's really proud of me because he sees that his son is so like me and I'm so like his son. And I said, well, don't run ahead of God. God said, you're like his son and he loves his son and his son is wonderful and it's what we're all called to be. And he's like, well, that just makes me want to hug God. And I'm like, yeah. And then I said, and you know what? As someone from the outside, I think that absolutely sounds like God. That's something you can hold on to. And so there are many times, your kids will try this on. God said that I could have four sweeties. <laughs> they will try this. And you go, fantastic. I'm going to take that away and process that and I'm going to think. Does that align with scripture? Well, God is a generous God. Um, does, does, that, um, does that make me feel closer to him? Well, yeah, but you know what? When I'm asking God right now, I'm, I'm not getting that confirmation. I, I'm not hearing the same thing. So until I hear the same thing, I'm going to hold on that. But as soon as God tells me that you can have four sweeties, you're in. Because we do what God tells us to do. And they're like, great. Um, 
Because you can't be manipulated by it. You're just modeling how to receive prophecy. <laughs> Questions, answers. Let's do some quick questioning. We have 15 minutes of questions, so it's okay. Thoughts, comments, concerns, ponderings, wonderings, fears. Yes? Um, my son's five. He's, he said things like, I, I prayed for a new Thunderbird 3 or whatever, and, uh, and God hasn't given me one. Yeah. And, um, I'm not quite sure what to say. Then my kind of feeling is to say, well, that wasn't a very good thing to ask for. <laughs> I haven't said that, obviously. Good. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, so what I tend to do is say, hmm, really interesting. Why did you want a Thunderbird 3? And I have a conversation about it, sometimes because it's just because I want it. I say, oh, you know what? Once I prayed for something I really wanted, and, uh, and I didn't get that too. But you know what? Sometimes you ask me for stuff that I, I don't give you. It's not because I don't love you. It's just because... It's, it's not the best for you, or it's not, I don't know why God didn't give it to you. Why don't you ask him? And then I just send it back. So most kids, they go to God, they do the thing, and then they walk away and they try to figure it out. I'll just be like, wow, how frustrating. Why don't you ask God about that? And then they're like, okay, why don't you give me a Thunderbird 6? And then God's like, because somebody else needed it. And he'll talk to them about it. And so some of it's just sending them back to talk to, to chat to him about it and get his answer. Because otherwise we train them to try to create a theology without that and I don't try to make because I have no idea why God didn't give it to him because I've seen God give people ridiculous stuff so I just go I don't know chat to God about it ask him about it and I'm very intrigued to find out how and I push them back into relationship so that all disappointment is still handled within relationship as opposed to handled in my relationship does that answer your question any other questions comments thoughts concerns ponderings Hi, uh, so the first time I saw my son praying, we were getting ready to go out to rugby, and it was raining, um, and I said, oh, Isaac, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to happen, there's not going to be anybody there, um, because it's raining, <laughs> and he said, well, I'm going to pray about it, and he walked up to the double door, the French doors, put his hand in the window, he said, God, stop it raining, and uh, there and then, it, it stopped. I, I was absolutely dumbfounded. It's, I'm a builder, and quite often I say, you know, I could just do a bit of a dry spell here, you know? Yeah. Not work for me. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know. I just, I was so gobsmacked. I didn't know what to say to him. I was just like, yeah. oh, wow, well done. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's brilliant. And, and to, to allow him to fail, what you could have done and said, oh, no, it's not going to happen, or that's not how it works. And what, what was so great about it is you stayed out of the middle of that. And you let him take a step of faith. And had it not worked, you would have walked him through that disappointment too. And that's, that's the joy of parenting is we're not trying to make Christianity perfect. We get to walk with them on their triumphs and the disappointments and learn the new things about God. Brilliant. Any other questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, ponderings? Kate's hard. Yes. So how do you stay out of it? So if we ask them questions, mm-hmm. so, I, so I've got little ones, three mm-hmm. and five. So asking them questions saying, tell Daddy God what the best thing was today and trying mm-hmm. to help them do that. Mm-hmm. How do I get it to the next level of them doing it themselves? Yeah. Um, 
what you'll find is sometimes they do it when we're not around. We've had many parents of under sevens catch their kids having tea parties with Jesus or something. And uh, some of that's just that. Um, some kids like transitioning out of that really well. Some kids really like the connection of that. And so what I tend to do is, is some kids who are really like, bedtime is for togetherness, they'll try to force the chatting into togetherness time. So they won't want you to stop asking questions because that's an activity that we like doing. And you go, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you spend the time making a list of questions or we can swap it around so that your daughter can be the one who does the act tell God things and you receive from God so you're modeling that your focus is on her uh, on God when you do chat and catch when you do the chatting do you tell God the answers to your own questions good so some of it's just modeling that connection with God um, the other thing is that um, when they get old enough to be able to do it which is around well they, they'll do it on their own anyways but when they can own it for as space is when they're about four or five and what I tend to do is give them a journal um, which they can just draw in and I'll be like this is your time with God feel free to draw in it draw words just draw pictures with God and you have that for five minutes and then I'll come in for cuddles and we'll pray together and um, so that there's together time but there's also you and God time and I reinforce that you and God time so it's both instead of either or how do you feel who feels nervous about this raise your hands okay fine totally fine who feels quietly confident Right? Fine. No. Who feels hopeful? Okay. Great. Terrified. Okay. Good. If you're feeling terrified or worried or fearful, we'll pray for you. So feel free to come on up. We have a whole team here because what we want you to go away is going, I'm not going to be perfect at it, but God is the God of faithfulness. And the main thing that you have to rest your feet on is God is talking to your kid and he is faithful to communicate directly to that kid. And our job is to coach them in it but it isn't to make it happen. You cannot make it happen. There's nothing you can do to force this. If your kid's not feeling it today, your kid's not feeling it today. And that's okay, because the main thing of parenting for faith, as we learned yesterday, is what's the next step for my child and how can I help them take it? And for many of our kids, it's chat for the next six months, and then they may be ready for catch. For other kids, it's catch right now, and they're not really up on chat. This isn't a formula to roll out. This is tools to use so that when God says, this is what's next for your kid, you know how to do it well. Okay? Let me pray for you. Well, John, why don't you come up and pray? Yeah. Should we just stand again? I feel like, so I, as I'm sitting here listening to Rachel, again, I just feel a little bit convicted that a lot of the time I step into the breach and I try to be God to my child. <laughs> Too many times I try to justify God, explain God, before actually I encourage my kid to go to God. And I just know God's just going to speak to me again, saying to me, I'm utterly trustworthy and true and dependable for your children. And I feel actually God wants to say that to us again right now, that I am utterly trustworthy and dependable and true for your children. And I want to meet with them. And I want to speak to them, communicate mysterious, wonderful things to them. And I want you to entrust them to me. And actually just had, as I was sitting there, just had two words, words of knowledge maybe. If this is you, I'd love to chat to you at the end. One was for a parent here whose kid had been burnt in some way in a fire. And that had actually caused you to be a bit anxious um, about leaving them alone. And I feel God would, I don't know if that's you. Is there anyone here, actually? And if your kid's been burnt and it's causing you to be anxious about leaving your kid alone in the room, it may not be. 
It's good just to chuck this stuff out there. If that was you, just feel God saying to you that actually you can trust God with your child and that God is always with them and he's with you. And um, he just wants to bring peace into that situation and calm your fears. Uh, the other is here for a, a girl, one of our children, maybe a girl called Jessica. Uh, I don't know if again, any of us have kids called Jessica, maybe a few. Uh, it's about an absent father, maybe through death or someone who's left the family. And again, your worry or your concern is for her, that actually she's going to miss out on love and not going to know the fullness of love in her life. And I feel, again, God's speaking to you, and he's just saying as, as her parent that actually he loves her, that he wants to fill her heart with the fullness of his love and to care for her. So, again, if that's you, I'd love to pray for you at the end. Um, but I'd just love to pray for all of us now. Lord, we just say Lord, we're so utterly dependent on you. We thank you that you stepped down out of heaven, Jesus. You came down to our level. You spoke in our language. Jesus, you communicated to our weak, fragile hearts. And, Lord, you lifted us up to the heavenly places. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that is the same for our children. Thank you, Lord, that you stoop to their level. Lord God, you speak to them on their terms. You use words and languages that they can understand. Father, thank you, Lord, that you haven't given them a mini Holy Spirit, but, Lord, you've given them the fullness of God. <laughs> Lord, you give them the full Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you have come into our families. And we thank you for all of that, that means, Lord, that we can live in your presence, knowing you speak to us in the everyday. And I just pray for each of us in this room right now, we'd be confident of living daily in your presence, Lord, hearing your voice every second of every day and knowing that you are with us. And I just pray that we would therefore go from here with confidence and with expectation and the excitement of what this means for our family. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Just to say, oh, have you got another word? Yes. Just to say, that on my right, there's a table with some paper and some pens. Yesterday, uh, for those that wanted to do it, we, we asked you to write down your children's names um, and put your full name on the top of it. What we would love to do as a team, because there's six or seven of us here serving this seminar, it's not just Rachel, we'd just love to be able to prophesy over your children, for you to go away and weigh it, maybe weigh it with others. But if you want to let us know your name of your child, what we'll do is we'll leave these pieces of paper out tomorrow. Um, for you to pick up with these words for your children so you, for you to go and weigh. Is that okay? So if that's you, yeah. Is that okay? Sorry. Oh, Kate's got another word, sorry. I just, I just thought we've got time, actually. <laughs> we've got 10 minutes before we have to pick up the kids. And um, I just really sense that there's people here who are struggling to catch from God for yourselves. And look, there's opportunity. We've got 10 minutes. And I just love to pray with anybody who's really struggling to catch from God for yourself. Please come down and, and let's take this opportunity yeah, and pray. Great. So what we're going to do, officially call it to an end now. If you want to write down your name, please use these pieces of paper over here. If you'd love to come forward for prayer, we'd love to be able to minister to you. But that's now the officially the end. Tomorrow we're going to be looking again at how we lead our kids to Jesus and our Sunday morning meetings, which I know I struggle with personally. So it's going to be a good time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Rachel.